those of you who don't know, my name is Pastor Julia. I am uh, Pastor Daniel's wife. We co-lead here at the Rock Kalamazoo. We have two campuses. This is Westside, and we have one in K-Town, uh, downtown. And they are having service here in about 30 minutes. And so we've been praying for them this morning. They're doing great, growing and growing. Each week is a little bit more. And uh, the presence of God has been so thick and strong. And uh, it is good. It is good to be in the house of the Lord and to see what he has to do for us. So today I'm going to open in prayer. I'm bringing the message. And we're going back to the basics. Can you say back to the basics? Back to the basics. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is our sure foundation. Lord, we thank you that you're always good to us. We invite your presence here. We invite you, Jesus, to speak to us. We thank you that today we walk away, Lord, committed to be doers, not just hearers only. Would you just say that to the Lord? Lord, I commit to being a doer. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Anybody ever been on a diet before, like, or a diet plan or exercise plan? Yeah, yeah, okay. See, I got some honest ones around here. The rest of you are liars. Just kidding. They're not. They're not. I'm joking. Um, what happens with a plan? Now, so uh, the plan's good. The exercise can be good, right? There's a billion books on diet and exercise. Have you ever been to the bookstore? It's like two rows long. You're like, whoa, could we get more information on this subject? Probably not. Just a lot of books on it. I have a lot of books on diet and exercise. Anybody else have some, some material at home? Okay. All right. Those books do me no good if I do nothing <laughs> with them, right? I could have a full library on diet and exercise. And, it de and I could be 400 pounds. True? Right? Because what do I have to do in order to see change? I have to actually do what it says. Everybody say do. My heart and my prayer for us as a family is this. That we come to Jesus. Let's say it. We hear his sayings and we what? We do them. We're not hearers only, but we're doers. And doers get results. Hearers don't get results, right? Only. Hearers only don't get results. Jesus said that. He said it's the doer that gets the result. And, you know, and there's measurements. Did you know that? There's measurements in the Bible of what that looks like. The fruit of the Spirit. How's the fruit of the Spirit in your life? That's a measurement. That's a chapter on measurements. Joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, right? Those are fruits of something that's happening in your life. So we're going to talk about doing today and hearing and coming to Jesus. And we might go backwards, we might go forwards. We're just going to have a conversation. Is that okay? Do you like the little setup? I like it. It's much better than standing, for sure. <laughs> you know, I did it intentionally, and here's why. I feel like the Lord is calling us to something. And um, some of us can be doers, but we don't come to Jesus and we don't hear. So we just do a bunch of stuff. And that doesn't get results either because we're not hearing what Jesus said. We're hearing what we've said. Anybody? Have, you don't have to raise your hand. Okay. I'll give you a pass on this one. But anybody can't sit still? You just have to do something all the time? 
I know there's more than one of you in the house because this is my, this is what I've had to learn. Just doing will never get you down the road. You have to come to Jesus first. It's an order thing. You have to come to Jesus. You have to hear his saints, and you have to do that in order for the results of a Christian life to be a part of what your life looks like. So I think we're going to start with the coming to Jesus. Daniel chapter 12. Let's start there. Let's go to Daniel chapter 12. And, oh, I need to give you a little heads up. My poor team back there always asks me for scriptures and notes ahead of time, and I feel so bad for them every single time because uh, I have a general sense, but I don't always have specific scriptures. So it might take them a minute to catch up because when you're hearing it, they're hearing it. <laughs> so we shall give you lots of grace today. Sound good? So let's go to Daniel chapter 12. Oh, and here's some pages turning, or do I hear like clicking? You can go on your phone too. But I tell you something, there's something to having a paper Bible in front of you. A couple things, you don't get notifications on your page. <laughs> right? Nobody's texting you. There's not a little number that comes up. There's something to just having the Word of God in front of you that you can flip through. If you don't have a paper Bible, this one right here cost me 20 bucks, $19.99. Okay, that's less than dinner out. So... I'd encourage you, go down to the bookstore, and to put my name on it was like five bucks, $25, right here. It's not that much. Get a paper Bible. I'd encourage you to. Verse 4, Daniel had a vision from God about the end times, and Daniel is a very uh, end time prophetic book. But in verse 4, it says this, but do Dan, uh, he gives him instructions after giving him a vision of the end times. God gives Daniel instructions. And um, he says to Daniel in verse 4, but you, Daniel, God is speaking to Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. He said, shut up. Did you hear that? Shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. And then listen to this little phrase. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. In the last hundred years, so much knowledge has increased. I mean, it's pretty phenomenal if you look at it. Uh, Even our internet capabilities in the last 20 years has just pulled the world closer together. It's crazy. If you look at the scripture, scripture says knowledge will increase. But what else does it say? Many shall run to and fro, Can I talk to you about our culture for a minute? The running to and fro will keep you from coming to Jesus. It will keep you from coming to Jesus if you're running to and fro. Sometimes you can't sit still because you've been raised in a culture that doesn't know how to pause. Running to and fro. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We've got to soccer, then we got to go to work, and then we got to pick up kids, and then we go, listen, I've got two teenagers in the house. I had four. So I understand that it can get crazy, but there has to be something on the inside of us that says, I will not compromise coming to Jesus. We have to like almost pull it together as believers and say, that will not dictate what happens on with my relationship between me and Jesus. That's the first priority, right? Running to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. You know, the other there's another scripture that says knowledge puffs up. Knowledge is not always 
you know, and that's another subject, but knowledge <laughs> puffs up. It doesn't necessarily uh, give you wisdom, right? Knowledge and wisdom are different. Knowledge puffs up. We're going to go to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. It's important your kids know how to read their Bible and find things in there, right? <laughs> so good. Little, but it's true. Psalm chapter 1, it says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scornful, the scornful. But his delight is in the seat, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. Verse 3 says this He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. Say that out loud. Whatever he does shall prosper. Could you imagine that whatever you put your hand to prospered? Everything. That's what it says. We just sang songs about his word is true, right? We sang, we sang the message today. His word is true. Whatever he does shall prosper. I need you to hear that. Whatever he does. Do you know that there is a place in God that you can live that whatever you do prospers? Whatever you do prospers. How, how many of you worked on something so hard for so long and it didn't prosper? Don't you love that? Nobody likes that, but we've all experienced it, right? We've experienced it where we've worked on something so hard and it didn't prosper. But here's a promise from God right here. It says, whatever he does shall prosper. So verse 3 says this, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. How many of you love fall? Anybody love fall? Oh, my gosh. Have you guys seen those trees this week? They were like on fire. I paused a couple times to take pictures. I pulled over. I didn't like pause in the middle of the road. I was tempted a couple times, not going to lie. But those trees were like bright this week. I sent some pictures to my mom in California. They don't get trees like that. It doesn't get that crisp or as beautiful. It was just breathtaking, some of the streets that I'd go down. But there's a difference between a tree and a leaf, right? There's a difference between a tree and a leaf. A tree can go through seasons and it's planted. It's planted next to the water. That's what the Psalm 1 says. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. A leaf isn't planted. What happens when the wind comes? You see them like you see a floor full of beautiful leaves. They're beautiful. But within a few weeks, right? A few days sometimes they die because they're not attached anymore. And the wind blew them off. The winds come in, they blow those beautiful leaves to the floor. But what's still standing? That tree. Some people's lives are like that. They're either a tree or they're a leaf. When you're being blown every which way, when your life and your schedule is being blown, how, and you're not, uh, you find yourself in a place that you're like, I wasn't expecting to be here. You know, nobody ever expects divorce. Nobody ever wants it. You don't get married thinking, I want a divorce. Right? What happens though? The wind comes and it blows on that tree. And you discover if it's planted 
or if it was a leaf. So this scripture says, if you'll plant yourself in the word, if you'll plant yourself next to the water, the living water of the word of God, if you'll plant yourself in my word, when the wind comes, you'll be like a tree. Then say you'll be like a leaf. It also says, I think it's in Jeremiah. Okay, chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree. There you go. There it is again, right? Planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Then verse 9 says this, the heart is deceitful above all things. We go from a tree to a heart. That's interesting, huh? What's he saying? Your tree is not external. Your tree is internal. Your tree is in your heart. And nobody knows the heart but you and God. Your spouse doesn't even know your heart. <laughs> like God knows it. Like you know it, right? The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10 says this. I love this. I, the Lord, search the heart. I even test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing. That is a powerful scripture. See, sometimes we think that the external life and the thing that we paint for everybody else is real. When God is saying, you know, what's real is what's on the inside of you. It's what's going on in here. And some of us are so scared to figure out because we've had so much pain in our heart that we do so much because we don't want to have to deal with what's going on on the inside. Anybody? Do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes those winds have been harsh against us. Sometimes we've had hard things happen in life that are painful. And instead of saying, Lord, search my heart, that's the maturity, right? That's the maturity that comes in Christ. Lord, search my heart and know me. See if there's any wicked way in me. See if there's any pain or hurt that I'm operating from, Jesus. Plant me next to your word. Show me the truth. See, this time, Jesus says, I want to search your heart. I'm calling you close to me. It's not about what you're doing for other people, right? That's okay to do for others. I enjoy that. It's not about what you, how much money you make. It's not about any of that. It's about me and Jesus. And will I allow him to get into my heart? Will I allow him to speak with me? Will I allow his word to be what I'm planted in? Will I allow that? And sometimes, can I be really honest? Sometimes I don't want to. You ever have that? Where you just resist the Lord and you know you're doing it. Oh, y'all giving me poker faces. You know what that's like? We're like, mm, I'm going to keep you right over there. I'm comfortable right here. <laughs> you're going to get in my space and you're going to make me uncomfortable. Yeah, he is. I love what you said about raising your hands. You're like, That's kind of the point because the word says to raise your hands, right? Bible, the Bible gives us instructions on what, how God expects us to worship. Part of that is raising our hands. And then going beyond just one level. I'm like, well, I could go a little higher. <laughs> Right? But for every one of us, 
it's that vulnerability before the Lord. That's where our tree gets planted, next to the rivers of water. Where is our tree? Our tree is our heart, right? Our tree is our heart. So let me ask you a question. Are you planted or are you driven? Are you planted or are you driven? See, a tree stays put, doesn't it? It doesn't uproot itself and move on. So, well, God, thanks for the information. See you next, next Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> no, it stays planted. It goes to the Lord every day. Lord, what do you have today? Take up your cross daily and follow me, right? There's a daily taking up, a daily coming before the Lord and saying, God, what do you have for me today? He's a loving God. He's a faithful God. He wants to talk to us. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Do you see this? This is what he prepares. He says, I'm waiting for you. You wake yet? Woohoo. Good morning. He's ready. He's ready to speak to us. He's ready to heal your heart. He's ready to walk you through some things. If you feel like, man, I don't hear the voice of God. My daughter called me last week. She's at Oral Roberts University in Oklahoma, and we were talking about prayer because uh, she's been, been part of the prayer team, and she's leading some prayer groups. And so we had this two-hour conversation about prayer. I was like, whoa, this is so cool <laughs> to be able to speak to your daughter about things like this. And um, we talked about prayer a little bit, and she said, what is real prayer, Mom? Like, like what does it mean to actually pray? Because there's... Um, what they call soaking prayer, where you just sit in the presence of God. She said, but there was this time when we were in prayer, and I just really felt like we were supposed to declare some things for people. And I said, oh, girl, that's the Holy Spirit showing you some things. And so she would bring out the word and begin to declare, declare them over people. So prayer is not just supplication. This is what I mean by God, by this. Prayer is not just coming to God and asking for things. And, and sometimes we kind of lower him to the servant level, don't we? We just come asking for stuff. Now, he's a good father, and he wants to be, provide for us. That's not what I'm saying. But how many of you have those friends who only want to talk to you when they want something? Come on. You know what that's like. Or family member. They only call you, and you know on the other side of that conversation is ask. He's a person. He wants to talk with us. There's this conversation that happens. When I have kids, when my kids were little, and even when we talk in a group in the classroom, we, we teach them how to respond to one another, right? We say, why don't you ask a question about that? What do you think about that? Why? Because we're teaching them how to have conversation. Do you know sometimes we have to ha be taught how to have conversation with God? Ask him questions. Listen for him to speak to you. I know many of us have struggled with hearing the voice of God, but I'll tell you, you got to figure that one out. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to figure that one out. you got to figure that one out. And here's how you do it. The more you read his word, the closer you're going to be able to hear his voice. Right? Because where's his, where's his truth at? His truth is here. His truth is here. This is it. If we don't have this, we have nothing. This is where it's at. This is where we read the word of God. We read it to our kids. We let them listen to it on a Bible app. Get it in you. This is where you stay planted, right? You know, uh, 
this is what we must do. That scripture I shared in Daniel says they'll be running to and fro. Can I give you a charge, a challenge, however you want to take it? Slow down so that you can hear God. Not so you can just go rest and go play at the beach. Slow down so you can hear the voice of God. Get up earlier. Go to bed later. Do whatever it is, but slow down to hear the voice of God. Because without his voice, we're lost. We're lost without it. Night and day, day and night, Psalm 1. I'm going back to that. Night and day, day and night. He shall be like a tree. Let's see, verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. Everybody say day and night. Night and day. Night and day. When do we think about the word of God? Day and night. And when else? Night and day. That's right. We meditate on it. How, how often do we think about the word of God? Go ahead, kids. How often? All the time. Good job. Got some stickers for you. I have another question for this little group right here. Were we talking about a shrub or were we talking about a tree? A tree. Does anybody, that's a sticker too. Does anybody know where our tree is located? Where's our tree? It's in your heart. Good job. So the tree is in our heart. Where is the tree planted? Okay. In your heart. Where should it be planted in order to stay strong? Shall I read it to you again? This time listen, okay? You ready? He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water. River. Good job. Excellent job. What is the river? Do you know what the river symbolizes in the Bible? Does anybody know? I didn't tell you, so if you don't know, that's okay. The river in the Bible symbolizes the word of God, the Bible, the scriptures. So where should a tree be planted? Okay, the, tree is, the tree is your heart, but where should it be planted? By the rivers of water. And what's the water? Good job. Excellent job. Thank you, CJ, for taking care of that. See how why I like kids? They're so much more fun to teach sometimes. <laughs> I brought them in for my own comfort. <laughs> That's true. No lie. Oh, I love it. You know, if they can get this at nine, can you imagine? If, if, if you could have understood that your whole life could be planted and everything you do succeeds, could you imagine? Many of you have grandchildren, I know, or children that are grown. But let's believe the Lord for those things. Meditates day and night, day, night and day. Uh, this right here, everybody, anybody have one of these? Raise it up if you got one of these. Just if you have it next to you, just put it up in the air for a second. That's good that you don't have one. That's smart parenting right there. <laughs> All right, right there. This thing can be a blessing and a curse. Is that true? Did you know? I know that some of you may not have known this, so I'm going to show you something. 
on the side of most of them, maybe somewhere else on your phone, you can push it like this and just hold it down. Oh, look at that. It says slide to power off. It has an off button. Off. Check that out. That is so cool. I know some of you did not know that. Do you know what else you can do with this that I bet you, you didn't know this? You can leave this at home. What? I know some of you just like went into full mode anxiety right there. <laughs> but what has happened to us? What has happened to us? Where this becomes the first thing I grab instead of this. In the morning, at night, what do you pick up first? Now, your app might be on there, and I understand that, but can I, can I, I wonder if it's the first thing you look at, or is it after you check email, Instagram, Facebook, all your notifications, then you go to your Bible app. I'm just wondering, because there's so much distraction when you pick this thing up. Let me, let me challenge you on something, and you don't have to do it. But you know what you also you can do? When you go to bed, you can buy one of these things we used to have, and they're called alarm clocks. And you plug them into the wall. And like you set it, they're little red things. Like they have a little red numbers on them. And you can totally set it as an alarm clock. And it guess what it is? It's just an alarm clock. It's not a phone. And you can put your phone in the kitchen or somewhere else. So that when you wake up, your first thought is not this. You reach for your word and you say, Jesus, I'm available. Even if it's for five minutes. Which I think should increase as Christians. Listen, his work on the earth is only done through men. It's not done through himself. He doesn't just come and do something. It's done through us, right? His work on the earth is done through us. So if it's done through us, are we making ourselves available to him? Or are we a little distracted? Right? May we be people that are planted next to the word of God. May we be people planted in the riv- by the river whose leaf does not fade, whose roots go deep down. And when the drought comes and the heat comes, it's not worried about a thing. Right? Not worried about anything. May we be those kind of people. The kids and I took a hike two weeks ago in the woods, huh? That was fun. You know, Pastor Daniel took the tractor out and he mapped a, well, he drove it out as far as he could get it out this side of our property. We have 10 acres here. And those of you who don't know, it's totally paid off. So we owe nothing here, which is awesome. (laughs) We don't do loans as a church um, at all. But he made a, he made a path, and he was showing it to me, and I looked at him. He looked at me, and I said, we need a prayer trail. We need to begin to pray over our campus. Listen, we have pictures of a building we want to build. It's not going to get built by itself. God's got to do something on the inside of us, right? His work is on the inside. Then it'll come on the outside. But it first starts on the inside of us, and he's calling us to come close. He's calling us to be with him, to be trees planted by rivers of water, And so soon here, we're going to have a prayer trail that we're going to mow out all the way around our property. And we're going to invite you to come and to pray and to walk the land and to pray that new building into existence, to pray 
those loved ones back into the kingdom, right? To pray the healing of God over your family and over your body. Amen? To pray that this generation comes to know Jesus in a powerful way. And so there's going to be a few trails. There's going to be one on the inside. And then those of you who don't like the woods, come on, somebody. There's got to be at least one person in the house. Is like, I'm not a fan. It's okay, because we're going to put a trail right along that pavement, and you're going to be a pavement prayer. And you just walk that pavement. <laughs> I'm serious. Do you know why? Because that, the building of what the Lord has shown us in the physical has to happen here first. It has to happen in us first. It has to happen in our time before the Lord as a people that invites him to come and to be with us. It has to happen in an undistracted people. Right? It has to happen in the people that are passionate about the word of God. So, so before we see something with our eyes, we have to be people of heart, of, of strength, of trees that are planted. And so today, as, as we're finishing our time together, I don't... Um, I know this, we'll never see with our eyes unless we commit to doing in our heart. Our heart comes first. And Jesus is calling to you. He's saying, come on, I want to talk to you. Spend some time in my word. I want to show you things I haven't shown anybody. I want to show you mysteries. I want to show you the goodness of my heart towards you. Stay till he answers you. Don't pray for two minutes and think, well, yeah, he wasn't there. Pray till you hear him. Don't stop until you get breakthrough. We quit too easy. There's people in different countries who pray through the night and the next night and the next night. Listen to when, when Paul came out of prison, what did they do? They prayed all night. Not one or two of them. It says many were gathered for prayer. They prayed all night. Some of you need to take a night and pray all night. You're wondering why you're not getting breakthrough. Well, are, are you stopping? Are you quitting too early? Pray all night. You're like, what? I'm serious. Sometimes we need to pray all night. And it's a conversation with the Lord. It's declaration. It's waiting. It's listening. It's not always asking. Saying, God, what do you want? Not, God, this is my list of demands. That's not prayer. Prayer is engagement with the Holy Spirit, and you're learning something of the heart of your Father. How many of you feel like, man, I need to pray all night. I need to take a night, and I need to just pray all night. <laughs> Not because it's religious, but because there's some breakthrough that you want. There's some things you're believing for. You're believing for a son or a daughter to know him. Sometimes we equate prayer to wishing. I'm believing for Okay, how much time in prayer have you spent? What's the word of God saying to you about it? What, based on what? You're believing for what? Do you know the scripture? So may we be people that draw to him because he's saying, come on, I've got great things for you. And may we be trees that are planted next to living water. Does anybody feel like, man, that's for me. I need to be planted. I need to be planted. Anyway, all right, got a couple. That's good. Even if it wasn't, that's okay, because that's what God said to day, say today. <laughs> I'm okay with that. But I'm, I'm calling you to it. Be planted next to the word of God and in prayer. Do you girls have some questions? I see your little hands. Two questions. Okay, go. Yes, we're going to do those right now. And what? 
Yeah, you like the woods, huh? Oh, I know. I do too. <laughs> She's like, don't change it too much. <laughs> That's what she asked. <laughs> do you guys have your communion cups? I didn't ask you ahead of time. Um, do we have a lot of communion cups? We do for like two services to take double. Okay. I'm going to encourage you to do this. Everybody have one? Okay. Go ahead and take another one. Take two. Yep. Everybody have two. Everybody take two. If you're with your spouse, I'm going to have you take communion together. If you're not, that's okay. If your spouse is working, I understand. You can go see them too if you want. All right, once you, if you need to, if you need another one, raise your hand. Today we're going to take communion as a family. And then this one right here, you're going to take two. You're going to take this one and you're going to take it home. And I'm going to encourage you to do this. You can do one of two things. You can take it alone or you can take it together as a um, couple or as a family. Because now all your family has two. Coming before the Lord doesn't just happen on Sunday morning. In fact, coming before the Lord on Sunday morning is really just an addition to what should be going on during the week. Right? So this is what I like to do with our kids. Parents, if you would like to take communion with your kids, you can have them come sit with you if you want. I think I've checked with all the parents here that this is... Do you want, do you want him to come over? Yeah. Timmy, can you go see your mom and dad? They're going to walk you through. Good. Thank you. All right, guys. So we're going to take off the plastic one on the top. Girls, you have to be really careful, okay? Because that grape juice likes to splatter. Yeah. I've had a white blouse ruined because of that. And take off the top. Everybody get the bread in their hand. You got it. Good job. That's what I like to tell my kids. Listen, you've watched mom and dad's lives. And you've, you've seen us make decisions that sometimes don't feel fair. Um, no condemnation on anybody else but uh, at all. So please don't take it that way. This is our, our family choice in regards to Halloween is not to celebrate it. And it's a hard choice. And it's been a hard choice for our kids to this year. It's a hard choice. But we'll take communion and we'll say this. We'll say, you've watched us make decisions that aren't always popular. You've watched us do things that other people don't do. <laughs> like say no to a lot of TV. You know? And I want you to know this, kids. I want you to know the reason we do that is because of the broken body of Jesus. He paid for our sin. And, and when we gave our life to Jesus... We allowed him to be our Lord and our Savior. So he gets to make the rules. And we want to please God with our life. So whether you choose to do that as you're older or not, I want you to know that Jesus loves us so much that we gave our life to him and it belongs to him. And so tonight, when we or today when we take this bread, we're remembering our commitment to God. And then we'll pray over it. So let's pray, can we, before we eat it? Father, we thank you that it was your broken body that redeemed our life from the pit. It was your broken body 
that paid for our sickness and our disease. And Lord, it's your broken body that we exchanged our life for. Our, we exchange our life for your life. And so, Lord, we remind ourselves of our commitment to you and your commitment to us, that we're in covenant with you above and beyond anything or anyone else. So we receive this in remembrance of that covenant in Jesus' name. You may take the bread. Very, very carefully open the juice. And kids, you know what else? When Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't very fun for him. And when he bled, he bled for us so that we wouldn't have to. Do you know that when you get sick, you have someone you can ask to heal you? Because Jesus paid for that sickness on the cross. And so when we take communion, we're reminding ourselves that sickness doesn't belong in our house, does it? Not in this house. So we're going to pray over the juice. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to pay the price for our sickness and our disease. So we remember that covenant. And as Davenport's, as the family here at the Rock Kalamazoo, we remember our covenant with you, God. And we say, whatever you want, we give our life to you. We surrender in Jesus' name. Amen. Take the juice.